Let us be attentive. Sing praises to our God, sing praises. Clap your hands, all you nations. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints that lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she fell sick and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he had come, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping, and showing tunics and other garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peace be. Φιάρθει ακούσουμε τον Αγίον Ευαγγελίον, ειρήνη πάση. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, in Hebrew called Bethsaida, which has five porticos. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever stepped in first after the troubling of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time, 
He said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your pallet, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, The man who healed me said to me, Take up your pallet and walk. And they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your pallet and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse befall you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Peace be unto you, the proclaimer of the Holy Gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christos Anesti. During this time of year, we are in what is called the Pentecostarion, which as it sounds is the time leading up to Pentecost, a feast which we celebrate 50 days after the resurrection, or in about four weeks from today. We all at some point learned that 50 days after Pascha we remember the establishment of the church in the great feast of Pentecost. But a lesser known feast is what we know as Mid-Pentecost, which we'll celebrate this Wednesday. Mid-Pentecost is the bridge that links Pascha with Pentecost, a day in which we remember Jesus' teaching during the Feast of the Tabernacle, which was the annual remembrance when Jews would, for seven days, sleep outside in tents, remembering the 40 years the Israelites spent wandering in the desert during the time of Moses. The previous two Sunday Gospels were used to remove any doubt of the resurrection. St. Thomas the Apostle probed the hands and sides of Christ confirming his bodily resurrection and the Merbear's account from last Sunday confirms for us the empty tomb. So while the celebration of Pascha continues for 19 more days, today 
we begin to turn the corner and begin changing our focus towards Pentecost while maintaining the Resurrectional Festival. While all of what I just told you is important to know as a practicing Orthodox Christian, what it also does is set the stage for this morning's Gospel reading. We begin today the first of three Gospel passages where water serves as a central theme. Water links us to Pascha as we remember the verse which the priests chant at the small entrance during this time from Psalm 67, verse 27. Bless God in the congregations, the Lord from the fountain of Israel. And we also know Christ to be the fountain of life as we sing each Sunday during the great doxology. Usually, though, when we think of water in the church, we think of baptism. And here again is the link between our gospel and baptism. The limitless power of God is shown to us in this morning's gospel. As the Holy Spirit descends on these waters, which were polluted by the washing of sheep that were offered for sacrifice, these same waters offer renewal for the first person who enters into the water after it is, as the Gospel says, stirred by the Spirit. This is what we know as baptism. And as we approach the Feast of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit descends upon the apostles of Christ and baptizes them with fire, we are called to remember the power of our own baptism and how we all had the opportunity to be the first dipped into the pool or the font after the Holy Spirit stirred the waters there. And to connect this passage with the Feast of Mid-Pentecost, if you continue reading John after our passage today, you'll see that Jesus, after being accused by the Pharisees of working on the Sabbath, and later as a blasphemer, putting himself next to God, he enters Galilee for the Feast of the Tabernacle. So while this passage might not fit into the theme of the resurrection, it shows how we now have begun to look towards the Feast of Pentecost and fit this, and this fits into the chronological series of events more with mid-Pentecost than with Pascha. Today we also have the joy of celebrating a wonderful day in the life of the Church, the Feast of Saints Cyril and Methodius, enlighteners of the Slavs. Oftentimes, they are much more heavily remembered in the Slavic traditions, but I think their story serves a great lesson for us today. Today we also celebrate mothers in the secular world. Actually, it's the 100th anniversary of the official celebration of Mother's Day instituted by Woodrow Wilson. Mother's Day is something worth mentioning, but it's not just today, but every single day. 
We are, after all, commanded by God to honor our mothers and our fathers. So when we begin to over-exaggerate the celebration of Mother's Day one single day, that gives off the impression that it's okay to forget about her other parts of the year, please don't do that. Our relationship with our parents, but especially our mothers, are the most important relationships we have before we are married. The unconditional love of a mother is as close of an understanding of God's unconditional love for us that we will know. That's a relationship we should honor and bless and pray for continually in our lives every day and not just the second Sunday of May. Parents also have an obligation to this relationship as well. In the story of St. Cyril and Methodius, we hear of their family as being senatorial, suggesting that their father was a senator in the area of Thessaloniki, where they were living. What would we know of Constantine, Cyril's name before he was tonsured a monk, and Methodius, if their parents insisted that they follow in their footsteps. Maybe there would be two more great politicians in ninth century Greece whose names we would not know and legacies we do not remember. However, what their parents knew then and what we today must try to understand is that we must not raise our children to be anything other than saints. Now, St. Cyril and Methodius, for those of you who might not be so familiar with their lives, they served as missionaries to the Slavic people. And what Cyril is known for most is inventing the Slavic alphabet in order to preach the gospel, in order to give them liturgies. He created an alphabet for them using their language, putting it in a way that they would understand it, and brought that to them. He could have just stayed in Greece and been a politician after his parents, but he chose a godly life. In the same way, we must encourage our children not to seek perhaps glory in this world, but to seek glory in the world after. In closing, I just want to share a quick fact with you, sort of maybe a little more of a depressing fact. Uh, as you all know, Greek Americans are the wealthiest, are of the wealthiest and well-educated nationalities in this country. But what you might not know is that we've also failed to produce a single Greek Orthodox saint in this country. So going forward, I think on Mother's Day is a very appropriate time to remember this, what our mission is as parents, as Orthodox parents, is not to have Olympians, doctors, and lawyers, but to raise saints. So I'll leave you with that today. Something to think about as you go forth. And again, Christ is risen.